church you're worshiping with us for the first time. Each year, for over 20 years, I've taken a word, different words, and with each of the letters of that word, lifted up something for which I'm grateful. Now, I've done this not simply so that you know things that I am grateful for, but to be a catalyst, a stimulant, so that you might, in the days to come, maybe by yourself, with a friend, with your family, spell this word as well, but with things for which you are grateful. Now, you've also, if you've heard me offer this sermon before, heard me say for about 10 years, I thought last year would be the last year I ever do this. But what year is a better year for me to offer a traditional, familiar sermon than in this peculiar pandemic year when so much else has changed? So I will spell the word Mayflower. Now, it's not about the ship. It's related to the ship. But I'll say more when I come to it. I'm going to spell the word Mayflower um, because, yes, this is the 400th anniversary this fall of the Pilgrim's arrival, but you'll hear more about what it stands for. So it's not the ship the Pilgrim sailed on, but something even more profound and more important and lasting to our nation. So this is how I spell Mayflower in this pandemic year of 2020, and this is my Thanksgiving alphabet. I hope you will spell it for yourselves when you get a moment. M, it does stand for Mayflower, but it stands for the Mayflower Compact. Now that may not even be a familiar phrase to you, but I tell you, to historians, it is an incredibly important document. It is the first written document in the history of our nation that talks about our self-government and, de and democracy. And it was written November 11th, of 1620, 400 years ago this week. And it is, as I said, the formative document for what it means to be a democracy. Now, the Mayflower Compact was written by, yes, the pilgrims who were the religious part of the journeyers and the others who came for their business and entrepreneurial experience. They were expecting to land near Virginia. They didn't. They were pushed quite a bit farther north to what is now Cape Cod. And they said, our old contract is off. We have to write something new. How are we going to govern ourselves? We're going to be nowhere near where we thought we were. And how often are journeys like that? And so they wrote the Mayflower Compact while still on the Mayflower. And you might want to look it up if you're interested in the longer edition of it. But in the core of it, they said, that they would covenant and combine themselves together into a civil body politic for their better order and preservation. And by their virtues, they would enact such just and equal laws, constitution and offices for the general good of the people and to which they would promise all due obedience. Friends, the Mayflower Compact is the seed which blossomed into the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, and the U.S. Constitution. It is a remarkable moment 400 years ago this week. And although our nation is in a very partisan and difficult time, and our democracy has been struggling, we can remember this week and be grateful for that seed which was planted 400 years ago this week. I know. The pilgrims were, by our standards, intolerant and theocratic, and they boundaried what it meant to be a democracy very narrowly. 
But still, that seed they planted blossomed into something hopeful and the foundation of what is our nation today. So I'm grateful for the Mayflower Compact. Now, that's the longest one, so don't get worried. A stands for Abraham Joshua Heschel, but it also could stand for aging. Abraham Joshua Heschel was a brilliant Jewish scholar who wrote some incredible theological pieces. But he said something when he was older that I'll never forget. He wrote that when I was young, I was in awe of the intellect. But now that I am old, he said, I am in awe of kindness. No matter what your age, let us always learn to be awe, in awe of kindness. What a gift Abraham Joshua Heschel left us with that. But if A is for Abraham or for aging, then Y is also for youth. Yes, mine has dimmed many years ago, but I'm speaking specifically how grateful I am for the youth of this congregation in, and then also for the youth of our world. I mean, it's a difficult year for everyone, but in particular, it is difficult for our youth. But here's something I've heard so many times in the 23 years I've been senior minister, that the parents of young children in our congregation have told me how grateful they are for the youth of our congregation, those emerging young adults. They have said to me, I've heard them talk from this lectern about how their faith has been changing and growing. I've heard them talk about work tours and mission trips and their service to others in God's name. I've heard about the fun they've had together and the, fellow, and the friends they've developed. And so many of those parents have then added, one of the reasons we wanted to raise our children in this congregation is because of the youth of this congregation. And so I am grateful for the young people of our congregation. They are an inspiration to parents of young children and an inspiration to those of us who are aging as well. M-A-Y. <laughs> F, F in Mayflower, is for a name that maybe only if you're older will be familiar to you, uh, but in the first half of the 20th century, this was probably the most prominent Christian voice in the United States. And it stands for Fosdick, Harry Emerson Fosdick, who was this amazing preacher, and he was the pastor of the Riverside Church in New York City. Now, he had a bully pulpit that is unlike any today. His sermons were broadcast on NBC radio across the country. They appeared in the New York Times on Monday morning. But Harry Emerson Fosdick also wrote the words to one of my absolutely favorite hymns, God of Grace and God of Glory. And he wrote that as the dedicatory hymn for the dedication of Riverside Church in 1929. And I think it's in the third verse that he wrote a text that we must always remember and pray for. Because we are, of course, right now in a very partisan and divided time. But Fosdick wrote this, that hymn as really a prayer to God and reminds us this. Cure your children's warring madness, rich in things, but poor in soul. What a great reminder to us, asking God to cure our warring madness and not let us simply be rich in things, but poor in soul, but inspire us to be just as rich in spirit and in love for one another.
So I'm grateful for Harry Emerson Fosdick. I've loved reading his sermons for years, but for his text to the hymn, God of Grace and God of Glory. L, this is the easiest one. I've used this many times before. I'm always grateful when a word has L in it. Mayflower has L in it, of course, and L stands for God, right? Of course. Whenever I meet with our high school youth for a fireside chat, which I will do via Zoom right after in, in early December, they submit questions to me, and lots of the questions which are written and they are a little more vulnerable will ask, what about God? I mean, what is God really like? What is the nature of God, characteristic of God? And of course, the answer is, we're not always sure, right? God is part mystery and part known. But I always remind them that when they're wondering, that they should always remember that the easiest way to spell God is L-O-V-E. So our L, my L, stands for God. O, open doors and opportunities. I've always been proud of our nation that has always offered opportunities and open doors or a hand up to people who are in need. And yes, open doors and opportunities to strangers who have appeared at our doors. I am grateful for that because it reminds me of what it really means to be a nation, but also for us to be a church. In the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament, there is this beautiful and sort of mysterious verse which says, Always show hospitality to the stranger, for you never know when you might entertain an angel. I am grateful for a nation and us as a congregation to have open doors and opportunities to both those that we know and strangers alike. Open doors, W, W. It sort of relates also tangentially to the Mayflower Compact, the M. W stands for the women's right to vote, which is celebrating its centennial this year. It was only in 1920, 300 years after the Mayflower Compact was written. In 1920, the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified, giving women the right to vote. It opened another door. It opened more opportunities for half of our nation. But one of the things that I also want us to remember is that our, our nation's constitution has 27 amendments, 24 of which open doors and opportunities. They expand human, individual and human rights. There isn't a single amendment to our constitution that diminishes or narrows people's rights. So I'm grateful to celebrate in this centennial and be grateful for the expanding opportunities that 100 years ago were offered to women. And may we continue to expand those opportunities to everyone. E. So E was the one that took me the longest to come up with this week, but I actually was doing something in here, getting some things set, and I realized, well, this is really obvious. It is so beautiful to be in the sanctuary, and we miss having you here so much, and I know how much you miss being here. But I, when I was in this sanctuary, I remembered one of the things that we have tried very hard to do is not to make an icon of the architecture, but to remember that beauty gives glory to God. And so my E stands for Elmsley, George Grant Elmsley, the architect who designed this church. 
Now, when you've walked, if you've walked into maybe soaring churches or a cathedral in Europe, you're immediately supposed to be drawn upward and awestruck by this magnificent structure. And it is meant to remind us of the God who is beyond, the God who is other, the God who is mysterious. And that's theologically correct, but it's only partially correct. When Elmsley designed our church, he said to us, that the prairie school with its horizontal emphasis would be perfect for a congregational church where the authority to discern God's presence rests only in the congregation. We discern God's vision who, for who we are together. And so he said that horizontal emphasis would not make us think of the God who is beyond and other, but rather the God in our midst. And so, when we are together once again in this sanctuary, and we will be, maybe not right now, but soon. But when we are, you, I hope, might remember that when we say the Lord's Prayer together, you may be seated next to a loved one or a stranger, or when you hand the bread in communion and say the bread of life or the cup of God's love, that we are remembering God's presence in our midst. God is different than us and mysterious as well, but God is also in our midst. And so I'm grateful for the genius of George Grant Elmsley in helping us to remember that. R, you know what? Maybe there are some good things that come out of this pandemic year. It makes us remember some things that perhaps we had taken for granted, but we are really grateful for. And I don't think I ever would have said this in a regular year, but I am so grateful and miss so much our rummage sale. I miss the energy, the rummage sale workers, and I miss that Tuesday night when there is a glimpse of what it means to be an open door to the world what it means to be a glimpse of the kingdom when hundreds of people of all shades of skin colors, speaking all kinds of languages, um, all ethnicities are gathered together. And we are engaged in, and have been 65 years of rummage sales, engaged in recycling before recycling was hip. <laughs> I am so grateful for our rummage sale and miss in particular, our rummage sale workers so much. Well, that is how I spell Mayflower in this peculiar pandemic year. Now I hope you will. I hope you might, as I said, an individual with a friend or as a family, list the things that you are grateful for. It has been a hard year, but let me remind you of Reverend Robert Stubbs' words that he wrote to this congregation in 1934, the depths of the Depression, the greatest economic catastrophe in the history of our nation. And he wrote to us and said, it may sound like a sarcastic irony to ask you to be grateful, but I am certain, he said, with thought and prayerful thought, that you will think of things that you are profoundly grateful for that cannot be purchased with cash or coin. So indeed, it has been a difficult year. We miss you. We miss you so much. But we will be together soon, just not quite yet. But I do hope, I do hope that you have a blessed and wonderful Thanksgiving. Take care.
Amen.